0: I'd like to welcome everyone to the HRO Today Educational Podcast Series. We're going to be highlighting the thoughts from some of the most impressive thought leaders in human resources and human resource services. Today, we're joined by Michael Chalansky. Mike is the CEO of CSS Inc. CSS is a leading provider of pre-employment services, and uh, pre-employment background screening and other related HR services. So, Mike, welcome to the podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about CSS, Inc.?
1: Yes, well, first, Elliot, thank you for having me. Um, CSS is an award-winning global screening solution provider specializing in background checks, drug testing, health screening, and business process outsourcing solutions. Our company was really built from the customer backwards, and we really pride ourselves on providing the ultimate customer experience.
0: Well, that's great. I'd also like to mention, uh, when you say award-winning, CSS is one of our most highly rated providers on pre-employment screening in our HRO Today uh, magazine uh, screening Baker's Dozen customer satisfaction survey. So, Mike. There's a couple of pressing topics people are thinking about with respect to, you know, uh, HR, hiring, and particularly pre-employment screening. So we've all heard HR described as a jungle, but now the most prevalent plant in the jungle is cannabis. Marijuana deregulation at the state, but not federal level, is playing havoc with companies' approach to marijuana policies for both employees and candidates. So how are your clients trying to cope with the inconsistencies, you know, at at the legal level and still have a consistent HR approach? What can you tell us?
1: Well, I mean, if if you look at it, marijuana is kind of a very complex issue. I think there's about uh, 30 states that, approximately right around there, that Mm -hmm. have allowed for medical use, and then approximately nine states, okay, that have allowed for recreational use. And I think just recently – Um, President Trump came out with something that he'll probably support a new bill that would return the decision-making back to the state level. Um, So I think that really leaves HR kind of up in the air, you know, on what policies and what they should have in place, you know, because when when you look at it and you look at the industry, I mean, take the construction industry, for example. If you have somebody that's, say, climbing a 12-foot beam that's 20 stories high, Um, I don't think you would really want them being impaired under any substance. Um, So I think it's going to be really important for HR to really take a look, you know, at their policies, put sound policies in place, you know, around marijuana, and then also keep abreast of the regulations as this, you know, plays itself out. Testing, uh, too. If you look at the testing of it, there really isn't, like, alcohol is in your system. You know, you drink a certain Amount of alcohol, you wait an hour, you're not impaired anymore. Um, They have breathalyzer tests that are out there for alcohol use. Even though testing's evolved, there's some oral oral testing and things that are coming out there that have a shorter window of detection. But marijuana's kind of fat-soluble. So it's not like you could take a urine test or a breathalyzer-type device and say that you're not impaired to do a job. So I really think it's going to come down to employers really having, working with their legal departments, you know, having sound policies in place, and then to address these issues as they come up, you know, to make sure they have consistent HR policies throughout their entire organization that pertains to their uh, specific industry.
0: So are you finding a lot of your clients are going to policies on impairment, just saying, okay, we're not going to get in the middle of this federal states' rights issue, but make sure you're not, you know, doing bong hits right before you start riveting?
1: (laughs) If you look at it, um, in, in any industry, people driving cars, Department of Transportation, you don't want people that are impaired behind the wheel under any substance. You know, so I don't think that the laws and the regulations have really caught up with the legalization of marijuana yet to say what's right and what's wrong, or how much are you allowed to have in your system, like alcohol. There's a there's a limit that says, okay, your .08, I think it is now. Or higher you're legally impaired there's none of those regulations that have been passed yet to say what is okay. legally acceptable amount of marijuana, whether it be medicinal and or recreational, So I think you really have to see how that affects your company and then what are you allowed or what what will you permit as a company as part of your policy and again, I would work with all your legal experts and and people that are in the industry. And really, you know, it, it just goes back to um, having sound policies, consistent policies, and then making sure you're following them.
0: I want to assure the the listening audience that no hash brownies were injured during the recording <laughs> of this broadcast. Uh, <laughs> I had to say that, Mike. All right, so many. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about what you're seeing from your clients from the standpoint of, utilization and and how thinly stretched HR is. So many HR departments have too few hands to manage all the details and documentation requirements just of everyday HR. Now, I understand your firm is now building a a BPO or business process outsourcing solution set to help with day-to-day administration. Can you describe how Um, the clients of this service line are using the BPO services and and how it's improved their HR function.
1: Yes, and thank you. Um, One of the things that we do here at CSS is the company was built from the customer backwards. So one of the things that we do first is listen to the um, HR professional and say, how can we be a true partner to your organization? What are some of the, I would say, busy tasks, that you're doing how can, how can we help you focus on what counts, to be more strategic, more in line with the company culture, the plans, the plan going forward, the growth initiatives, the, the hiring? So one of the things that we've found through going through working with our customers is what can we take off their plate to focus on really what counts. Um, some of the things that we do and we've found is working directly with the candidates, scheduling drug tests, fingerprinting. It's very time-consuming. Uh, for the HR candidates, they're on calls, they're, they're, they're taking calls repetitively by different candidates. You know, sometimes they're hiring two, 300 people at a time uh, to do that. So we at CSS said, how could we make your job easier? Um, so these are some of the things that they can outsource to us. We handle all of that busy work, and we have teams that are dedicated to do that um, to ensure that, um, you know, you're also providing the ultimate candidate experience that's a big part of onboarding, to ensure the candidate they have questions, how they're coming on board, when their drug test is, scheduling fingerprinting, uh, things like that. So that's what we really take a lot of pride on. And then you move it over into custom reporting. You know, um, a lot of people say that HR is a non-revenue producing function, uh, but at the the same time, it's a very important and integral part of a company to make sure it's running smoothly and you're getting the right talent on board and everything else. So A lot of times what we will do is, again, we'll work with the HR professionals to see what metrics is and everything that's important to them, and then provide them custom reports that they can bring into these meetings and say, here's what we have, here's how, especially the larger organizations, how are we billing out per location, how quick are they being onboarded, you know, the speed, um, everything that they're doing. So we really work with them because each individual business is different, and we realize that here at CSS. Um, so that's one of the things where we will work with the individual companies. And we have all the teams here to do it, to see how we can give them back time, you know, not beyond just providing background check reports. How can we give them back time to help them and be a true partner to their organization?
0: All right. And uh, so that, that's interesting. And, and, yeah, there's a lot of, of sort of busy work in Australia. So this is really file scheduling and, um, you know, support of the candidate experience. I want to ask you one more question uh, in the time we have for the, the podcast, and uh, I would encourage anyone who's who's interested in learning more about the BP of to look at, at your website, csscheck360.com, correct? Yep, correct. All right, awesome. So I want to just ask you one of the, the, the sort of the biggest issues, and we're seeing this and all, there's a number of legal issues that have arisen in pre-employment screening is the requirement that background checks now follow the guidelines that impact it from the Fair Credit Reporting Act, or FCRA, a a piece of legislation and regulation that typically hasn't entered the HR world until the crossover with pre-employment screening. Mm -hmm. Um, And while while HR professionals know a lot about regulations, FCRA, not really one of them. So With all the legal class action suits taking place and the concern in the HR community, how does a firm like CSS help clients ensure that their workflows are compliant with these latest FCRA requirements?
1: Yeah, well the, the the regulatory landscape is 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 changing and and our industry has been heavily litigated, I would say for about the past, you know, 8 to 10 years. So one of the things that um what we do and again, we don't give legal advice as a CRA, what we would do is make customers aware of certain decisions or legislation or case law that's been out there to provide them the information to make informed decisions. Um, some of the things that we've, we do, we do uh, quarterly w- newsletters, annual webinars, and then we've also partnered with one of the um, industry-leading uh, law firms that specialize on, on these type of issues to make sure that the um, companies that we have and that uh, are part of our organization, that to make sure they're aware, because um, uh, for a while there, it was changing pretty quick. Um, so what, what our job is is to make them aware of all these recent decisions, the leg- legislations that's changed. I think this ban the box thing is really catching on, uh, too, throughout the, the U.S. It started out with a couple states, and it's catching on. So we really try to make them aware of these different regulatory changes that have been coming about, these different case litigations, and then provide them that information to then work with their legal counsel to make sure that they're doing everything uh, according to the new legislation that's been passed and things that that have taken place uh, that could affect their onboarding process of candidates. So, what's the?
0: Can you just uh, clarify when you talk about being the box? How that's affecting pre-employment screening?
1: Well, it's it, it's really state by state. What what it is is during, um, you know, it, it's kind of on the initial application where they ask you if you ever been convicted of a. Uh, crime, felony, or whatever it is, that, that box, that normal like quote-unquote checkbox, um, what they do is they have to remove that from the first initial uh, application that you fill out, so that doesn't come mm-hmm. into the in- initial decision of whether you should move to the next step or not. They can ask it later, um, but it's one of the things that have been catching on state by state.
0: Yeah, there are actually somewhere around 30 states that are technically either in play or have decided to ban the box, and it's become a, a bit of an it, it actually, historically, for someone you know who's been around as long as I have, it was a way you could tell if a candidate was being truthful uh, yeah. as well. Early in the process, did they admit that they had a problem, and that might – may or may not knock them out of consideration, but if they indicated they did not and it turned up later, then you definitely knew that you should stay away from them.
1: Yeah, so. and, and I think I think what it does is open up dialogue too, you know, because um, a lot of people, what we do is we provide employers information to make, you know, the best hiring decisions, you know, and then that comes with the FCRA too. And now there's actually state-by-state compliance um, that's falling into that realm too, you know, according to the S. because now, you know, it's similar to the, the marijuana issue where you have, you know, state by state, legalizing it illegal currently at a federal level. Um, you take the the F C R A, and that's what makes it such a complex issue. Uh, you know, that's why we really recommend we'll provide the information, but we really make, recommend working with your internal legal counsel because it's actually changing on how far back you can report by each individual state. All right, this was great quick
0: overviews, and once again, uh, anyone has any questions. Um, About some of these topics, there's some thought leadership, both on hrotoday.com, where you can find this podcast available for download as well. For information on some of the topics uh, Mike and I have discussed, go to csscheck360.com, and uh, you can find articles on uh, CSS website. I want to thank Michael Chalensky, CEO of CSS Inc., for taking part in today's podcast and we hope you found the information we shared with you today useful. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Elliot. I appreciate the opportunity.